0: Understanding Your Worth So I don't know how else to start this, but just jump in. Background info. I work in IT as part of a two-person team, me and my boss. It's a government job, and one of the departments I assist has 24-7 uptime. So I recently got chewed out at work for too much OT hours and on-call time. All of my OT is approved by either my boss or one of the department directors. My only on-call time is when my boss is on vacation, and I'm the only person available, which is also approved. I was told to only follow my duties and responsibilities for my position, and I'm only allowed to work from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, as stated in my contract and paperwork. Recently, I've also learned that my pay is far below what I should be receiving. I called around and did my research in regards to the pay, as well as the duties and responsibilities of others in similar positions. Turns out I get paid 40%, holy cow, 40% less than all others within the country, and my duties and responsibilities are almost twice as much i brought this up with the higher-ups and was pretty much told that if I'm not happy with my pay, I need to wait until July to bring it up or go be successful elsewhere. It's been a grand total of three days since I've started to ignore all calls and emails that I get from work that are outside my hours, 8am-6pm to Monday through Friday, and can definitely say that they are not appreciating it. Well, it doesn't seem like these folks appreciate anything. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John and this is r slash malicious compliance bribe dimey to come hang out in the box for a little bit we'll see what happens he's either going to shove himself off or mangle a cord or something we'll see oh he might settle down a little all right next story stay in a receptionist's place okay i worked front desk at an optical store for two years i had no experience and knew nothing about eye health when i started over time I learned to do contact lens training, how to work the machine for glaucoma testing, visual field testing, how to adjust glasses and a little bit about sales. There was a fire and we had to relocate, which brought on a lot of stress to boss lady. We'll call her ma'am. We ended up losing our tech who did the contact lens trainings and visual fields and our lead optician. Being the type of person who doesn't like to see others struggle, I always offered to help whenever I could, especially if the patient was nice. When we reopened, ma'am's husband came to work at the office as manager, which at the time I thought was nice because I'm sure she needed the extra support. We'll call him Sir. He knew nothing about opticals, so he was also training while managing. The problem started on opening day with Sir and I. He wanted to play meditation music and forest sounds. Everyone else wanted general pop and regular music. Since I had access to the speaker, I would adjust it for them. He loved the new space. I missed the old space, but never spoke bad about the new one. If the office was busy and a pair of glasses needed to be adjusted, I'd offer to help. And in front of the patient, he'd yell, Do you know what you're doing? One time I turned to him and said, I've been doing it longer than you. I'm sure he didn't like that. Lol. We had a meeting where he had no bad comments about my work, but told me I make him want to leave. Lol. He would report every word and minor mistake I made to ma'am. And she would send me random texts about them outside of work hours. I never got in trouble for anything, but it was annoying AF. Story time. On one particular day, I was doing mostly contact lens training, and a patient called about a contact lens being stuck in her eye. These were considered emergencies, so I told her to come in and see the doctor, ma'am. When the patient came in, she looked really uncomfortable and asked how long until she's seen. Me being the helpful person I am, I offered to take a look until she could see the doctor. When I took her to the back, I tried taking out the lens and couldn't find anything. I told her this, and she looked discouraged. I said to her, I don't see or feel anything, so you'd be better off waiting for the doctor, and that ain't me. She laughed it off. I told her I'd been doing trainings all day and was hoping to help her and apologized. She said it was okay and sat in the front. Apparently she went into the room and ma'am told her there were no contacts in her eyes. The patient said that the nurse told her there was a lens in her eye and she wanted ma'am to double check. Ma'am was really upset about this because she had to spend extra time explaining to the patient that I was nothing more than a receptionist. When she came out, she made sure to berate me in front of the patient and my co-workers. I just nodded. Even after work, she pulled me aside to ask what I said to the patient, and I told her every word. Still, she felt the need to tell me that I make her job harder by misinforming patients. She said I should stay at a receptionist level and not help anymore because it causes trouble. I was shocked by how she spoke down to me and still believed that I told the patient I was a nurse, and she had something in her eye. All I could muster up was, okay. After that day, I no longer did contact lens trainings, so now appointments are four to five weeks out instead of one. I no longer assist in visual field tests. I put them all on her schedule. Now we don't have any availability for regular appointments until a month and a half later. I stopped offering to help opticians, so if one person was scheduled, all patients will have to wait for that one person for all adjustments, orders, and dispenses. That one had patients up their butts with complaints. Lol. If anyone had a question about anything unrelated to front desk, I couldn't help them even when she would ask I just told her I didn't feel comfortable doing anything outside of reception anymore. I eventually quit and now work somewhere with a much higher pay and benefits. They've lost a total of five out of eleven employees in the span of one year and I heard two more are quitting before the end of the year. So I'm thinking either ma'am really never noticed or appreciated what you did before. Well she definitely didn't appreciate it but she may not have noticed everything that you did before depending on how your office is set up. Or that Sir came along and just started causing trouble and kind of filled her head with all kinds of BS and put it all on you. Yeah. Either way, that wasn't a place for you anyway. Just do my job? No problem. Ooh, look at those eyes. Hmm. Non delinquent payment. Not sure if this belongs in Am I the A hole or Petty Revenge, but at the time it all happened, my exact thought was. If that's what you want, fine. My parents both passed away in their house, requiring hazmat cleanup. The company showed up the morning after I called, which was great, and did the cleanup that day, which was also great. When I made the appointment, the technician suggested that homeowner's insurance may cover the work. I filed a claim and provided the info to the technician at the time of service. When he left, he asked for the $500 deductible, which I offered to pay by card, but he requested I mail a check. The contract I signed was for a flat rate amount of under $10,000. I assumed the guy knows how to write insurance estimates and claims and that he was going to get the max amount from the insurance company, which was fine by me. He'd come out and cleaned up during a very stressful time, and I'm all about people being paid well for service. Work was performed on a Friday. The following Tuesday, he called to ask where the check was, which I thought was odd. I had mailed it on Monday, told him as much, and saw later in the week it was cashed. Fast forward two weeks and his secretary calls me to ask if I had heard from the insurance company. I told her they had requested pictures which I had sent. Hello? (laughs) I told her they had requested pictures which I had sent and access to the property which I had given them, but that was it. She then told me that because insurance was taking so long, she had no choice but to send me a two-week delinquent payment notice. I basically told her, fine, do what you have to do, I'll contact the insurance company. I contacted the insurance adjuster and he was slow to respond. A few days later, I got an email from the secretary, which CC'd the insurance guy, asking about her payment. In that chain, the adjuster finally responded and attached the claim and indicated payment had been issued. So at this point, I had received the delinquent notice and read the contract. The contract was for a flat rate for X amount of dollars. Flat rate meaning, no matter the work, this was the bill. As I had suspected, the line item on the insurance claim was about $3,000 over the flat rate fee. Q malicious compliance. I wrote a check for the flat rate amount mailed it with a delinquent notice and a request for a statement indicating the account was paid in full. As well, in the email chain with the adjuster, I stated that I had received a delinquent notice from the service provider and had mailed a check. I also requested the insurance adjuster correct the line item to the flat rate amount and reimburse me, rather than issuing payment to the service provider. I really had no goal or intention of achieving anything other than, you want my delinquent payment? Fine, here it is. Figure out how to navigate this now. The insurance guy is a twit, and he never had a comment about the amount of payment or the delinquent notice. The service provider, they had some thoughts. I got a call from the service provider, and he told me that, well, holy cow, the insurance company overpaid them. How about that? He said he got my check, but they had been paid already from the insurance company, and they were going to mail my check back to me. This was really where I thought it was going to end. The service provider had requested and received payment from two entities, me and the insurance company, for conflicting amounts, the lower of which was the signed contract. A bit of a pickle to be in, but a pickle that they had created. Being in this pickle, the provider told me that he was going to mail me a check for the overpayment portion from the insurance company. I hadn't been trying to get extra money, but told him, great, send it on over. My insurance correspondence continued because I waited two months for payment from them. I mentioned the reimbursement from the service provider, but as expected, I got no response from the insurance company. So I deposited the check into the estate account, and it'll just end up being part of the disbursement for my parents' estate. The day the guy came out to clean up, I had just expected him to get maximum payout from the insurance company, which was fine by me, but because they hassled me for delinquent payment, which I maliciously complied to, due to a lag in the insurance process, they ended up making almost 30% less. Nice. Good for you, OP. You know, I don't mind a reminder like, hey, can you like light a fire under your insurance adjuster or something like that? I mean, I get it. Small companies, sometimes you live and die by your monthly deposits. But at the same time, it sounds like they were trying to, like, make a few extra bucks on the deal. So, yeah, screw those guys and the insurance twit. Software developers do need electric power. This goes back around 12 years. I was managing a software development team for an e-commerce company. The head of HR was also the head of facilities and, according to herself, was the number two in charge at the company. Where this becomes a problem was when it was decided to move three of my engineers from a small office they'd been using to turn it into a conference room. The challenge is that the goal was to move them over to an unused space in a much larger room. Around two to three weeks, I'd scheduled time with the head of HR and facilities to coordinate the move and asked to review the plans to ensure they had both network and electric connections for the desks in the new locations. God, I can't talk today. You you'll you do what you, you want. Two things occurred. I was ordered out of the HR director's office for questioning her ability to plan. Then, she went into the office with my developers and told them, perfunctorily, (laughs) that they were going to be kicked out of their room in a couple weeks. This led to my best engineer looking for and finding another job, due to the extreme rudeness. Well, I've done what I can as the team's manager. I've been ordered to stay out of it and let the experienced HR director do her work. The day of the move comes. The desks are all moved and the engineers discover that they have one power plug for the whole lot of them, which also couldn't be reached by two of their stations. The network jacks had been installed, but had been put in without anybody telling the actual IT team, so they didn't connect to anything. I sent my team home until they had power at their desks. Yeah, sounds like she's a great planner. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like she likes tooting her own horn and has a very high sense of self-importance. I really hate working for people like that. We're all there to work as a team. Some of us have certain roles and let me do my role. Let me play my part so that I can make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. You want to take it all on yourself to try to make yourself look better. And all you end up doing is making yourself look like a moron. So you've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.